Let's learn the Mishnah in the fifth parak, Mishnah Tesvav. And the Mishnah is uh, following the theme of number four. The Mishnah has mentioned four different types of people, four different types of midos. And the Mishnah has mentioned different things, four different types of students, four different types of mentalities, four different types of people who are coming to shul, four types of, types of people who give tzedakah, four different general midos amongst people, and so on and so forth. Eventually, we get to the Mishnah, Mishnah Tezvav, and the Mishnah says, Arba midos There are four different midos, four different character traits, four different types of those who sit in front of the Chachamim. And if you notice the language here, it doesn't say there are four different types of Talmidim, there are four different types of learners, four different types of minds. That doesn't necessarily be, uh, that's not necessarily the language of the Mishnah. The Mishnah emphasizes those who are sitting in front of the Chachamim. And what that tells us is that the Mishnah isn't necessarily meant to be understood on a scientific level, on an educational perspective. It's not study, you know, it's not uh, something that principles are necessarily meant to study in the general perspective of education. It's specific to Torah study. And as we're going to explore in the Mishnah, that the methods for acquiring Torah may not necessarily be the same as general education, and that's an important point to keep in mind. And that's perhaps why the Mishnah says, and from the outset, it's Yoshin Lefnei Chachamim. We're talking about those who are sitting in front of Tamid Chachamim. And the idea of Yoshin Lefnei Chachamim is something which obviously is it's almost scary to read these words today as we're virtually giving shiurim and listening to podcasts instead of Yoshin Lefnei Chachamim. There really is no sense of a live shir. But as the Mishnah is reflecting that there's a midah, the way that the shears ultimately Torah is ultimately learned, is Yoshin Lefnei Chachamim, sitting in front of the Chachamim. In fact, it says that, Rabbi Yudah Hanasi says that the reason why he understood Torah so well is because he sat right behind Rameir during the shiurim. And he says, you know, I was able to see Rameir uh, from the back when I was sitting there. And Rabbi goes on to say that if I would have seen Rameir from the front, as if, if my seat in the shir, when Rameir's shiurim would have been, I would have been looking directly at him, he would have been even smarter. And the Mishnah is emphasizing that point, that the mitos and the way that the Torah is transmitted is specifically in Yoshua and Lefnei HaChacham, the concept of sitting in and soaking in the knowledge. Who, what are the four mitos? So the four are different types of kalim. So the first kli is the svog, a sponge. Mashpech, a mashpech is a funnel. Mishameres is a strainer. It's from wine. When that wine was mixed together with the sediment, so they would pour it through the strainer. And out the one side will come wine, and the sediment will remain on top. So the Mishameres catches the sediment and lets the wine through. Vinafa, a sifter. So we're talking about after all the pebbles and the hard pieces have been removed from the flour. There are certain almost dust-like qualities in the flour that should be removed in order to further the quality of the flour. So if you put it in enough a sifter, some sort of sieve, then the holes are so thin that the powdery part will come out and the better, higher quality will remain back inside. So if you think about it, the Mishameris and the Nafa are opposites. The Mishameris is letting out the high quality wine and retaining the sediment behind. And the Nafa is doing the exact inverse. The Nafa is letting out the bad quality, the bad dust, and keeping behind the good flour. And now the Mishnah elaborates how these are Mishalim for those who are sitting in front of the Chacham. Sefo, the sponge, shuhu sofeg asakol. It absorbs everything. And that's the sponge. The sponge absorbs all. Nothing gets lost. Meshavech, the funnel, shamachnas bezu, umotz bezu. It takes in something from one end and it spills it out the other end. So there's certain types of Talmudim. They, 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 they listen to everything and it goes in, but it, but it goes out right out. Mishameres, the strainer, lets the wine through and collects the sediment. So that's the student who is taking 
the, the trivial points, the sediment, the non-so-essential points from the shear, and he is letting through the wine. The line, the wine is, is passing right through. The most important parts are not being uh, retained. The nafa and the sifter, shemuziyah, zakamach, it lets the flower dust pass right through, so the non-essential parts are going through, are not retained. The kolet esasoles, and it is remembering only the important parts. So let's try to understand the analogy, and let's play almost a game here. As we try to understand the four kilim, let's try to rate them one to four. We have, again, the sponge, who absorbs everything. We have the mashbeh, who everything goes in, but all of it comes out. Uh, as the Mishnah says, it lets one in, and it goes in one end and goes out the other. We have the strainer, the strainer who retains the sediment and lets out the wine. And then we have the sifter who lets the flour dust pass through and keeps the fine flour. So let's try to rate them. Who's the top level? So it seems to be perhaps that, that there's a machlokas uh, and the different, different mafarshim about the way to understand. But before we even move on to that, let's just understand that perhaps what's taking place is really four different stages. There's not necessarily four different types of people learning, but there are four different stages of the mind's development. The sponge is the first development. When a child is very young, the mind is absorbing everything like a sponge. You see children are like that. They have a very hard time discerning and distinguishing between different things that are said. It all goes in equally. Non-essential, essential, the story, the non-story, the detail, it's all just going in together. And the child is, retains information very well. They, what they are taught at a young age are very impressionable, it goes in. So, and that's why when you're teaching children, the Gemara tells us you have to be very careful. Kiv Shabesha, the Gemara says, keep in the all, all mistake taught to a child, once it goes in, it goes in. It's almost per- permanently impressed upon the memory. So that's the sponge, that's the, young, that's the youngest age of development. Then the funnel. The funnel is what happens at a certain point when, when children lose interest, they get tired, they lose their focus, they lose interest. And what the teachers are saying just goes right through them. So it's important that we don't stuff too much information and assume that children are going to be learning when we're putting information in like to a funnel. There's a certain point where the attention span stops and it's almost like a shutdown mode. The child is no longer focused. Once it's upon that, it's folk, it's mashbech, it's a funnel. It's almost futile to be teaching them. The strainer, once a child uh, matures and the student now is older, he has an ability to distinguish between different types of information and to discern the ability to understand that this is not the same as that. Not all information is equal, but the mind is developing. So it's very hard for them to get the harder concepts, the deeper concepts, the wine, the pure, the depth, the depth of, of, of Torah is often lost to them. The hard concepts are lost. And what is retained is the small, low level teachings. Those are the things that are retained. And then there's the sieve. That the sieve would be the furthest state of development in a child's mind, where not only do you have the ability to discern, but what happens is, is that actually the deeper concept you're able to focus on and get the fine flower and the dust that was just connected with them, that it was able to go out. So if you look at the Mishnah, then it's almost in the progression of maturity, that it makes sense. We have the order. It starts out as a sponge. It goes to a funnel when there's too much teaching to the child. There's a development of the child that becomes like a Mishameris where they're discerning, but they're unable to grasp the deeper concepts. And then Nafa, where they can discern and uh, retain the, the, the hard concepts the hard concepts as well. So that's perhaps one way of looking at it. But then, uh, there's a different way of looking at it. There are some Rishonim who understand that the Sfog is the highest level. The sponge is the highest thing because he's able to return every, retain everything. And in Torah, memory is priceless. And in fact, we have uh, in the Gemara certain people who, their very job in the base Manager, again, this is a time when they forget about, you know, whether they had 
the ability to Google things or have svarim. They, they, they literally we didn't, weren't allowed to write down some of the Torah Shabbat Peh. Writing down the Torah Shabbat Peh was a recent invention, so to speak. It's not something which is the natural state of order for Torah Shabbat Peh. Torah Shabbat Peh in its natural way is meant to be retained by memory. So what they would have in the yeshiva was a Tana. And the Tana, um, who is not, usually not named, uh, in the Gemara would say, you know, Tana, Tana, Mishmei, the Abai, you know, uh, there was Abai's Tana, Rav's Tana, and what it basically means was almost the people who did their who who did their their background work and people who who had the, all these gersos and memory committed to memory of different texts and brisos collected in their minds and they just had were, were were encyclopedic minds and what's fascinating in the Gemara is that they remain nam- nameless so we'll have the Stam Tana the anonymous Tana who was teaching who brought a brisa in front of Rabbi Yochan, in front of Abai in front of Rab but who is this Tana we don't even give them much credit in the Gemara but they're the sponges that keep the Gemara without them the tradition would be lost and they may they may not be saying too much novelty they may not be the one who's bringing the chiddush to the base medrash, but they're for the fact checkers, the people who make sure that everything is correct, the people who make sure that nothing has been said already that's in a price that contradicts otherwise or implies otherwise. And without those tanoim, the, the, the transmission of Torah can, can be created. So the novelty is definitely, you know, it's definitely inhibited. We can't have much creativity from the Tana. And that's perhaps part of the lesson why they remain anonymous, because they're not putting something new into the Torah. They're just absorbing everything. And that's part of the lesson of the sponge. The sponge, on the one hand, some of the general understanding is the greatest level because it absorbs everything. But it's also its greatest, its greatest deficiency. The sphog, the sponge, and the gemara remains, remains nameless. He's nameless because what do you bring to the table that hasn't been there before? What you are is you're just remembering what was already said. But there's nothing new that is transmitted. And you can help people from making mistakes. You can clarify laws from the b'risa. But in terms of the process of studying Torah, they're easily replaced. A tana can be replaced by a book. And that, you know, we, we find that today people have tremendous memories. Once there comes a time, you know, you can do, 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 have an encyclopedia and something like that. So then, so then we don't necessarily have as much value for the people who have great memories. It's not about that. It's a lot more about creativity. And you find something like that, you know, just even for example, like um, on a mathematical level, there's a lot of things like that where it was, there was I'm sure, a point in time where, where memory, memorizing the multiplication table was a lot more important. And, uh, you know, calculator and things like that, where it almost reinvents the game. And the game is changing. And it's about, it's about creativity, but it's about knowing what to do with the Tana. It's not about the Tana himself. So the Svog, the issue with the Svog is that it doesn't discern information. And it doesn't necessarily have a creative capacity. So the sponge, on the one hand, absorbs everything. But on the other hand, the sponge does not create in a new way. It doesn't discern between information. And more than that, there's another pitfall here to the, to the sponge is that the sponge has to be squeezed. And that's another interesting, almost ironic point. The sponge absorbs everything, but it's very hard to get anything out. So we would have the Tanam, Tanam Mishmei the Rebbe Yochanan, but it seems that they weren't necessarily the greatest teachers. They weren't necessarily the greatest connectors of their information. They have the information stored away in their pits, their sealed pits, as the Gemara you know, describes about certain characters, that they're like a sealed pit that doesn't lose a drop. And these are these tanon, these sponges. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're, mo- they're most effective educators. That doesn't necessarily mean that they know how to instill information that they have into other people's minds. They have to be squeezed. And it takes, it's almost an art to know how to squeeze the sponge, to know how to use the sponge. The sponge isn't naturally willing to give its moisture on and pass it forward. So that's something, an important lesson with this folk. It may seem like it's the highest thing to absorb everything, but it's also, in a sense, the greatest pitfall in the sense that um, it's hard to get the information out of it and it doesn't seem to be creative between its ability and its ability to discern different facts and understand the deeper meaning of it. And, okay, so that's, that's the first one of the, of, of this folk.
The next one, the mashbech, it almost seems like he's the worst one. The mashbech is a funnel. It takes him from one end and it spills on the other end. So what does that mean? It kind of sounds like we're saying in one ear and out the other. That's what it sounds like. And it almost seems like there's no value, no value and you forget quickly what you, what you have. But if you listen carefully to the Mishnah, and this is really a lesson from the, uh, from the Tzvarach Yisrael, if you listen carefully, you'll see that there's actually a very positive aspect to the mashbech. The mashbech, a funnel, and it really says, What does it mean it's motzi? Does it mean that it simply forgets? And the answer perhaps might be no. It doesn't necessarily just mean that it forgets. It means it's very busy passing it on to other people. And it's exactly the opposite of the sponge. The sponge is taking information and trying to digest it and absorb it in a way that it won't be taken away. Unless there will be a squeeze on the sponge, the water won't come out. But what's happening in the funnel is the exact inverse. The, the funnel's focus on the absorption of information is how am I, quickly am I going to be able to get this out? And the funnel is the connector, the connector in the base measures, the person who's able to take information from one person and spread it. Because Torah needs to be spread. And in any base medrash, you'll know the funnel. The funnel is the summer person who takes the chiddush, which was said in the corner in one room, and he makes his spreads it to the corner in the other room. And that's a very important quality. He's not necessarily the innovator, and he doesn't necessarily have the best memory, but he's the most effective as the glue between connecting information to use information to connect people. And that's extremely, extremely valuable. It's a positive to be able easily to pass on what you learn to other people. And it's the very excitement and information for the funnel. The funnel thrives on finding information as a means of connection to other people. So some people, the sponge, it seems like, is absorbing the information for the information. He's not a critical thinker, necessarily the sponge. He wants to soak up as much as he can. The funnel isn't interested in being the erudite scholar. That's not, for him, the purpose of information. For him, the purpose of information is almost social. It's something that's so important to know how to connect to people and connect people through information. And that's such a valuable, valuable source for the funnel. To take this point a little bit further, it doesn't necessarily say, you know, it's just a hollow tube. That's not like an, you know, an empty reed. That's not what the funnel is. A funnel, if you think about what it does, is that it has a very wide top and a very narrow bottom. So yes, it lets out all the information, but it doesn't let it out at the same speed that is taking it all in. It takes in this wide breadth of information and it's letting it out drip by drip by drip. So it's not simply forgetting everything. It's not in one ear and out the other. That's totally not the point of the funnel. The point of the funnel is something else completely. The point of the funnel is that it's able to take a wide amount, a wide scope of information, and let it drip out in the right way, in it, the way it teaches other people in the right doses. And this is sometimes what can be lost, the way we reason we, we need great funnels and connectors from the greatest educators to the regular people, the, regu- the regular students. Sometimes you'll have a mind that's simply too great and is unable to express himself in a clear um, in a clear format that people can really learn from them. And it's very difficult. It's almost, it's almost a tragedy when, when, when you see the greatness become the greatest impediment for the information going to the Talmud. And it's sad. There's a sadness to it that the mind simply can't connect. And that's exactly where the funnel comes in. The funnel comes in and it's very wide at the top. And it absorbs so much information. And it takes in so much. But it doesn't let it out at the same speed that it takes it in. Meaning it personally, the mind, has the ability to be absorbing so much at one point, at one time. But the way that it lets it out is drip 
by drip by drip. And it's able to process it for even for just a moment, but it knows how to retain it long enough that it can repackage it, remodel it, and teach it in a different way and let it out drip by drip in a way that can go into the regular people. And that's an extremely important lesson. And there's sometimes we see this, that great people can relate to, this, to the funnels because when they're teaching the information, they see it's going in, it's all going in, and they have that excitement, but the funnel does the all-important job of letting it out, but drip by drip. So the funnel, in a way, is, is, is sacrificing a lot. The funnel is, let, is sacrificing in the sense that they themselves are compromising how much information they're going to walk away with. After all is said and done, they're not going to be retaining everything. But they take it in all in order to package it and let it out drip by drip. So it's really the opposite of the sponge. The sponge is focused on retaining all the information for themselves. The funnel is focused so much on taking as much information from one person and passing it on to another person. Okay, so that's the value in the, the, uh, the funnel. When we move to the strainer, the strainer seems to be keeping the bad and passing on the good. So the negative, obviously, is that you're forgetting it seems like you're only focused on the trivial parts. You're not focused on the important parts. Is there anything positive to the strainer? Can we look at the strainer in, any, you know, in, a, in a good light? Is there anything there that is good? So I, I think there is, and I, I think this is a key. This is a key because we're all, we're all strainers at certain times, and we're strainers when the depth of the information that's going in, we're losing. And uh, whether it be a sermon that we're at, a shear that we're at, or you know, even if it's not necessarily someone lecturing to us, but sometimes it's a page, a page of a Gemara. And you know, sometimes you can have this, I think Daf Yomi is a great example of such a thing, where you go to a Daf and the Daf is just so overwhelming and so deep that you're missing, you're missing so much stuff. And it's so easy to throw in the towel and say, you know what, today's Daf wasn't for me. I didn't get anything out of today's Daf. But the Mishamaris knows that they can, still, they can still retain sediment. And in every single daf of Gemara, even if you're not getting the main point, and even if you don't know the Shakhmataria, and you don't know the main takeaways, and you don't know the halacha, but you can still have some takeaways, and it can still be an effective use of time. And you can still be growing through the experience. It may not be the best part. It might only be the sediment. But the sediment has value. And the Mishameras, knowing that sediment has value, is such an important lesson. It's such an important lesson because sometimes Judaism can thrive on sediment when we lose the wine. So an example, just to think about such a thing, you know, this is, it might be a silly example. But let's say a person rejects Shabbos. You know, we have, unfortunately, a person has where many times where people are, are rejecting the right, the right derech and, and aren't necessarily Shomer Shabbos correctly. But they can still retain a lot of the beauty of Shabbos. And they might not keep the, the, the malachos of Shabbos, which obviously are the most essential part of Shabbos. I mean, you know, everyone's going to agree that losasa malacha is the most important point. And a person who is, for, who is doing the forbidden acts of labor on Shabbos is definitely letting out the wine. There's no question. There's no question that they're letting out the wine. The wine is sifting, it's coming out. But what about a person, just to make the point, what about a person who would, uh, who, who would, who would light candles for Shabbos even though the wine is coming out? So maybe that's an example of a strainer. Maybe make it a little bit more extreme. Maybe they eat Shabbos foods, even though they don't even like candles. Maybe they appreciate the songs of Shabbos, even though they don't like candles. So some people say you're so inconsistent. There's hypocrisy. It's bad. Almost like be true to yourself, right? If you're not, if you're not keeping the Shabbos, so what do you, who do you care if you like that song of Shabbos, if you like the candles, you bother with the foods. But who knows? Who knows? We don't know what the, the value of the sediment is. Sometimes the sediment can be keeping a person a lot more Jewish than we care to realize. And whether, you know, if we can, we can understand that on the level of learning a page of Dafyomi, where the entire thing was lost on us maybe, but one, maybe one little trivial point uh, stuck with us. Something wasn't the main point of the daft. And there's something to that. There's something of a Shabbos, an experience of a Shabbos where one little thing can stay. 
And I think in, in, in experience, in any religi- religious experience, it's important that we always find sediment because it, I, I think it's an, honest, it's an honest acceptance that there are going to be times when we're going to lose the wine. And the challenge to ourselves is when we lose the wine and the most of the wine is seeping through and we feel like a loser in that situation for coming to a shear and letting the deep ideas go by and not really understanding the main point, but still saying, let me focus on the sediment. Let me focus on the simple parts. Let me make sure I have something from this. I think it can be something, the simplest, the simplest of things. Sometimes, you know, going back to the illustration of Adafa Gemara. Let's say you learn a Gemara and it says, Amar of Yehuda, Amar Rav. And then it says a statement. And you have no clue what the statement was. But you learned that day that Rabbi Yehuda was a disciple of Rav. That's taking the sediment. Because there's going to come a time where there's value. There's going to be a time where you understand the characters of the Gemara. And you know that Rabbi Yehuda's statement is his Talmud of Rav. And that might come to help in handy. It might come just... It might seem trivial in the moment, but it's something that connects you to the page of the Gemara. And it's an important point always to realize that, that there can be value in sediment as well. And I think when, especially when you're dealing with children, this can sometimes come to life. Sometimes you can be teaching a, a lesson to a child or trying to, and trying to impart some wisdom or whatever it is that you think you have to instruct. And the child, for some reason, is only seeing the sediment. Maybe it's a story that you're saying, maybe it's a detail. They're totally missing the boat. And we so easily tell them that's not the point. And when we say that's not the point, what do we mean it's not the point? We obviously said something, and it's something that we said is going into their mind. But when we say that's not the point, we're saying that's not the main point. But to the child, there's a point there. There's something that was struck a chord, and we never know. We never know with that. And to sometimes to the educator, it can be very frustrating. Um, I think any, any rabbi, any politician, but really to anybody, anybody in life, will know this frustration. When they say a speech, they say an, an idea, and the main idea is there, and there's almost... A slip of the tongue, literally a slip of the tongue, something they didn't intend, something they didn't mean, that came out, and that's literally something that everyone's remembering. And it, it can be a painful experience when it's like that, but what it comes to show is that every person has to realize is that not everyone is latching on exactly your thought process. It's going to be latching on to the depth of your ideas that are coming out, and sometimes it's the sediment. It's going to be that last point that's gonna make the most impression. And to focus on that, not to use words lightly, and to realize that whatever is you're going to be saying, whatever the sediment that's going to come out may be taken by people, and to focus on the sediment as well and realize its value and importance. So the bottom line is with the strainer, there definitely seems that a negative uh, connotation with the fact that they're forgetting the most important part and only remembering the trivial parts. But the positive point is that it means to discern, to know how to say that I'm not necessarily forgetting everything just because I don't get the main point, that there is value to the sediment as well. And then we have the last one, the nafra, the sifter, so I think this is such an important lesson because we don't have perfect educators. There's no such thing as a perfect teacher. And, um, and, and, and what, ha- what happens when you go to, to, to the speech, go back to the thing, and you actually do get the, the main idea and you're totally connecting to the depth of it. But there's one line, one statement, one face, one something that, that isn't right. And maybe it's a fact check. Maybe the, the, the person said something that wasn't true. Maybe they said it in a way that rubbed you the wrong way. Or maybe just bottom line, there's something there that wasn't right. It takes a big person to focus and still latch on to the deep ideas. Because a lot of times what we do is that we say, if it's not all right, then it's not right at all. And, um, 
And you can have this in a page, going back to the Dafyomi in the page of the Gemara, you can have it in that regard as well. You can have a situation where a person is really into this idea, really getting the main ideas. But it comes that a point, they didn't get exactly what the question of the Gemara, what the answer of the Gemara, but they, they miss a point. And when you miss a point, you get so bogged down that you finally feel like you miss everything. And it's such an important lesson. The sifter knows how to take the main ideas. The sifter knows how to take the main takeaways. And um, it's a fascinating thing, I think, in, in any experience, Again, whatever it is, to know how to take main takeaways. If somebody says to you, what was the speech about? What was it? It's amazing to put someone on the spot and hear exactly what comes out of their mouth. And I think it, it, it's almost an important lesson for any educator. If you prepared a 10-minute speech with all these different lines and points and thoughts, and then you relate it to the congregation, and you ask a random person in the speech, what were the three salient points of the speech? One, two, three. And then you say that back to the educator. Is, are they on the same page here? Is there a connection? Is there a good sifting that's taking place? And that's, that's always crucial. And it's always crucial to know how to sift, you know, in the, in the experience of learning halacha, for example. So in the opinion, when you learn the Gemara, there's all sorts of different opinions, so many different thoughts, so many different ideas. So what's, what's the right ones? Which are the ones that we paskin like? So that's a very important idea of sifting. It's always very important to remember the, 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 the ones that we paskin like more than the ones that we don't paskin like. So that's the idea of sifting. It's sifting to be able to do that, to know what the main, the main point. And uh, it's obviously a personal experience to know how to sift. What can be, what can be a negative is there, is there something in negative in the sifting? So I think so. There's a, can be a, a negative is that it doesn't know how to be mishamer. To the sifter, only the main point matters. Only the main takeaway matters. So you only, they're only interested in the bottom line. So for example, learning a page of Gemara, they don't care that much about the shakla, the tariya, the back, the forth. They want to know what the bottom line is. They want to know only what the result in it is. And sometimes that's not a good thing because it's sometimes important, like we were speaking about in the strainer, to work through the sediment, to appreciate the sediment, to realize the value in it, to realize that trivial things can also matter. So sometimes a good story can make, make such a difference. Sometimes a little small analogy can make a big difference. And it's not only about the deep ideas, it's not only the importance. We find in the Gemara that the teachers, they used to use milsa de bichusa, almost uh, jokes that people should pay attention. So the sifter has no, has no patience for that, so to speak. He doesn't have patience for the small little things that go around. But we don't realize how much our hearts, our hearts need the sediment, how much our hearts need that. So the bottom line is that these four different types in front of the Chachamim, after all is said and done, to summarize, there's good things about them and there's bad things about them. There's not one size fits all to all of this. You have the sponge that's absorbing everything, it's a positive, it knows all the material. The negative is that it doesn't share the knowledge well, it has to be squeezed out. We have the funnel, who forgets very easily, it's not a good thing. But the positive is that it's totally focused on passing on things to other people. We have the trainer who knows how to keep bad. That's an art in knowing how to keep bad. Obviously, the negative is that it forgets the main points. But focusing on trivial and finding value in trivial and connecting to trivial is itself a value. And then we have the sifter who keeps the good and passes on the bad. Obviously, the positive is that it focuses on the main key takeaways. And the negative is that it doesn't know the value in these small points.